Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, Life Family Church. How are we doing today? Man, what an amazing, amazing time to be here. I just tell you, I, I love being here in the House of Freedom. I love that Pastor always, you know, uh, puts that out there because it's so true. Because the Bible says to not forsake the gathering of the saints. Amen. So we come here, we're family. So if you are new here, we just want to welcome you. Um, you should have gotten a welcome packet. If you just fill this out, return it back to the Source Center, and you'll receive a free gift. And again, my name is Andrew. I'm one of the uh, children's ministers here along with my wife. We're over the Faith Academy department. Uh, so after that, I'll be going back there to teach. Uh, we love it, and it's so exciting to see all the new kids here today because that always brings, a lot, brings, us, brings us a lot of joy. Um, so big news, guys. We have our Easter event coming up. It's going to be Saturday, April 20th. It's going to be amazing. I mean, guys, this is what a great way to honor the Lord uh, by bringing forth his truth and his gospel. Um, You know, obviously we get to serve. People get to feel the anointing from us because of the joy that God has given us. And we get to pour that out to the people. Uh, We're praying for big numbers. We're praying it's going to be right here on the property. Uh, We're we're believing big for this. And uh, so we definitely need some help. There's a a couple more positions that do need to be filled. Uh, But other than that, we do need donations. Guys, we have the bikes, which is Praise God, we have all the bikes. We've got Easter baskets, but now we're looking for food. Now, what our vision on this, guys, is we want to be able to give out uh, groceries to the people. Um, so we're going to make personalized meals. So, guys, um, if you could bring in, like, canned chicken, Alfredo, and spaghetti. We're, you know, going to be giving away, like, chicken Alfredo. Um, it's going to be great because we want to bring in a meat. We brought, want to bring in something like a pasta. Uh, so it's something easy. So if you guys are out and about, um, whether you're at Walmart, uh, whichever, if you can grab just some uh, box spaghetti, uh, maybe some canned chicken, or even some, like I said, some Alfredo, and just uh, bring that into the church, that would be amazing. So again, so we can pour out to this community. Amen. Uh, next up, we have our men's fishing trip. This is September 13th through the 15th. Um, this is going to be in Texas. Guys, this is I don't know about you, but I, I love fishing, and I haven't been fishing in a while, and they say everything's bigger in Texas, so come on, guys. I, this is a men's trip. Come on, men. Let's go out there. Let's go fishing. We get to stay in cabins, food. Uh, the money, if you have any questions, come see the Source Center. It has all the information on it, but um, it's just a $100 uh, deposit. There's no minimum for the amount of people that can go, so we're not looking for like a quota of having like 5, 10, 30 men, but we want as much men as possible. Uh, this is going to be a great time to be able to bond together. Um, then after that, we do have Tuesday prayer. That's this coming Tuesday. We have corporate prayer at the church. Um, doors open at 6. So this is a great time to be able to get together and to be able to pray in unity um, because, uh, you know, the, the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. So, guys, this is a great time to come out, be able to be with each other as family, and to be able to pray in unity with each other. Amen? Amen. Uh, next up, Saturday, we have Soul Winning. It's at 10.45 a.m. Uh, we have Miss Lexi and Miss Kayla Walton. If you don't know who they are, I can introduce you. Um, they lead it on every Saturday at 10.45 a.m. It's a great opportunity to be able to go pour out what's so freely being given to us. Amen. So we can go bring the gospel to the streets of Plant City because Plant City shall be shaken in Jesus' name. 
And last but not least, check your email connections. If you're not on the email connection on that connect card, you could totally put your email there. That way you receive an email connection of the updates of everything we have going on here at Life Family Church. Also, too, you can always visit the website, lifefamilychurch.net. That has all of our information as well. Uh, if you have any questions about... Um, you know, what's on the calendar. We have a calendar section. We have updates on all the events. And also, too, we do have our Facebook page and Instagram page. So if you're on social media, I'm still learning that thing. Uh, I'm not a typical millennial, but, uh, I, but I'm so appreciative for Andrea and Jen for always updating that because they are so much more, you know, intelligent than I am on that section. So, but it's great, guys. It's always been updated. It's a great way to stay connected. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen, amen, amen. This tent revival is from Bishop Epps Church, Pastor Tina. So it's going to be over by the gas station if you're heading out on James L. Redmond towards Highway 60, where the, um, was it Chili's? Is that, is that where the Chili's is? The gas station, it's in that area right there. So come on out. Last night we were with Pastor Steve Burton. Man, oh man. It was the bomb diggity. Now, maybe some of you that may have stuck around, but, uh, and maybe some of you didn't because whatever, you know, but uh, there was a lady that was deaf in her left ear, and she was partial deaf in her right ear, and she was like very the last, like hardly anybody stayed, and God opened up her ear. She could hear totally out of both ears. It was absolutely an amazing miracle. Some of the greatest miracles I've seen is when there's kind of an exodus, why is that? Because you, there are people just holding on. I mean, they're, they're, they're holding on to Jesus. They're constraining him. They won't let him go. Some of the greatest miracles I've seen is when, and ever heard of the term afterglow? The meeting after the meeting? Yeah, that's when the meeting happens. So you got to be careful sometimes that you not leave too early. You know, if you were here, if you were here last Sunday night, I left. Praise God. Nobody else did. Praise God. I mean... That was, that was amazing, and then y'all just tore up the place. I'm glad Andrew put it back together. Praise God. Amen. Now, that's my favorite thing. To let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. Let him do what he wants to do in our lives. I mean, if you have a wonderful group of people that know how to respond, then you can go to the deep crying out to the deep of God. You can go from glory to glory and from realm to realm. Spiritual hunger triggers the move of God in your life. Amen. It does. Hunger. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. We're going to take up this morning's tithes and offerings. And uh, we always do a teaching on the benefit of giving and the benefit of tithing. Because God is a principal God. God has his part, we have our part. God never fails on his part. That was a good place to say amen in this Presbyterian church. Praise God. Amen. God never fails on his part. Amen. And you have to understand, we're under covenant that was cut with the blood of Jesus. So Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to pick it up in verse 25. And I'm going to read to you out of two versions of the Bible. I'm going to read to you out of the King James Version, and then I'm going to read to you out of the Passion Translation. And I want to show you something here that actually just dropped on me this morning when we were um, watching uh, Dr. Frayne and all that kind of stuff. We listened, you know, we listened to music or we listened to or an iPod or something like that on Sunday mornings while we're getting ready. So this was something that was really, really awesome. This just kind of just dropped on me, and I think this is really going to help you, all right? Uh, Matthew chapter 6, especially when it comes to your finances. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25 out of the King James Version of the Bible, and it says this, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, 
or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than rain? And I want to focus on, on, on this first verse right here. It says, therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life. Other portions of scripture say, take no thought saying. Now watch this. This is really going to be awesome revelation because it was awesome revelation to me. Has anybody in here besides me ever had a negative thought? Mm-hmm. Anybody ever had a bad thought besides me? Praise God. Well, I mean, at least we're honest. Praise God. Amen. I thought I was going to have to do a confessional this morning because I thought maybe I was the only one. Now watch this. Has your finances ever given you the thought you don't have enough? Has your finances ever given you the thought, oh, I can't afford that? Come on, hello, somebody. Yeah. Now, watch this. If the thought came into your mind, did you say it out of your mouth? Like, for example, oh, there's the bill. Baby, we can't afford that. Anybody besides me has ever, have we ever done that? So now watch this. Did you take that thought or did you put that thought down? In the book of Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Are our words creative? Very much so. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of the what? Tongue. So when you take a thought and you don't cast it down and you don't put it away, but you open your mouth to it, now you are held captive to the thought. And he says here, take no thought. So you don't have to take the thoughts that the enemy is putting in your mind. You ain't got enough. No, I have more than enough. Come on now. God is not El Chipo. He is El Shaddai. He is the God that is more than enough. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and he gave it to you and me. So therefore, take no thought Take no negative thought about your finances. The Bible says, casting down vain imaginations that it would exalt itself against the throne of God. Let me say this very quickly, and I'd like you to repeat it after me if you would. Say this, good, God good, good. devil bad, bad. healing good, good. sickness bad, bad. prosperity good, poverty bad. bad. Are there any questions about the gospel? Praise God. Amen. See, we live in a a negative world. We were born into this world, but we are not of this world. When you give your heart to Jesus, you become born again. You're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You have light on the inside of you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Is not your body the temple of the Holy Ghost and God there dwells in? So the God of the universe makes his home, comes and moves in with you. When you ask him into your heart. So when you're looking at circumstances, 
When you're seeing circumstances, when you're looking at the bank account, when you're looking at the checkbook, when you're looking at your finances, and suddenly the thoughts come to you, oh, we can't afford that, we can't pay that, how are we going to pay that? Oh, my gosh, I can't do it. What are we going to do, baby? What are we going to do, baby, 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 baby? What are we going to do? One of you need to go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cast that thought out. By his stripes I am healed. I have more than enough to sow into every good seed. I have good seed to sow into everything that I need to sow into. You start making a declaration. If our words produce based upon thoughts. Now, people in the world, like you know, a man in the world, is, he's worldly and he sees a good-looking woman come in the room, he'd be like, oh, man, I'd like to get me. Entertain the thought, set it out of his mouth. But a godly man, ooh, she's pretty. I put that down in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Gentlemen, God blessed us with a neck muscle. So when you're walking down the mall and you see Victoria's Secret on the side, you're like, <laughs> Come on, baby. I love you. Pray, Lord. Can we hurry up a little bit, please? Hurry up a little bit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Most amazing thing. And don't tell me you, your girl ain't watching you because she's watching. You're watching. She's watching. <laughs> and then, God, when you, go, when you go, oh, Jesus, help me. Praise the Lord. Amen. She's like, way to go, baby. Way to go. That's right. I am your woman. I am your <laughs> Not get religious on me here. I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to drive that religion out of you. Be real. Let's get real. Come on, hello, somebody. Jesus, Jesus, two things. He was not weird. And he was real. Come on, hello, somebody. He knows how to get up all in your grill. I'm just going to tell you right now. He'll get up in it. And he'll love you through it. So take no thought. If the enemy has been placing thoughts, you're barely going to make it. It's a lie. He does not know anything but truth. So if he's bombarding your thoughts with all this negativity, you're not going to make it. How are you going to do it? How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to pay your rent? How are you going to pay the mortgage? How are you going to do this? i got good news for you. You've put yourself in a place where God can show himself strong on your behalf. And you've got to cast down those thoughts. Put them down. So what do you do? Romans, Romans I think it's Romans... Romans chapter 8, it talks about, you know, you know, renewing your mind to the word of God. Romans 12, Romans 12, chapter, verse 2. Romans chapter 1, verse 12. Romans 12, come on, teach, help me out here. 12, 1 and 2. Thank you very much. I do need some help occasionally. Praise God, amen. Amen. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? Romans 12, 1 and 2. Thank you. Okay, one's enough. One's enough. <laughs> My Lord Jesus, help me. Praise God. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed. <laughs> be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? You renew your mind to two things. You renew your mind to the word or you renew your mind to the world. Isn't that right? And we're renewing our mind every day. Come on now. When we get a negative thought or a negative report, we have an option right there. Whose report will you believe? Come on, you can, re- you can believe the report of the doctor, hello, which can give you the facts, but the truth of God's word always overrides the facts. You can always rely on the truth of God's word. It will take you through any circumstances. 
Okay, doc, thank you. I know, I feel that in my body. Thank you for the facts. But by his stripes, I am healed. If I am, then I were, then I will always be healed. And you can say that out of your mouth as these negative thoughts. Oh, my God, it's the C word. It's the C word. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you can have all these thoughts, but out of your mouth comes, by his stripes, I am healed. My body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. No weapon formed against me. Weapons may form, but they will not prosper. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm a and not beneath. I'm going over. I am not going under. If I got to run through a troop and jump over a wall or jump over a troop and run through the wall, I don't care what you got to do. But you're going to, but you're going to, some of these guys will run through the wall. Praise God. Amen. You can tell them it's concrete. So, (laughs) at least you gave it all you got. Come on. Hello, somebody. Amen. Yeah. So take no thought. If you have symptoms in your body, okay, symptoms come. Those are the facts. But by his stripes, I am healed. You make that declaration out of your mouth. People ask me, Dr. Jack, is it a sin to take medication? No. Take the medication while you're believing God for a manifestation. Take the medication. Hello? Until you have a manifestation. How will you know that I'm healed? You'll have an allergic reaction to the medicine. Don't take it anymore. Praise God. Amen. Come on, hello, somebody. Or the doctor will tell you, you don't need this anymore. Or ultimately, the Holy Ghost. And you make sure it's the Holy Ghost. He'll tell you, you don't need this anymore. Can you say amen? So take no thought for your life. Let me finish reading it. I want to read to you out of the Passion Translation, and then we'll take up the offering. Okay. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up for food, yet your heavenly Father provides for them. Which of you, are you not much more better than them? Are you not much more valuable than them? To your Father you are. So which of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about clothing? Look at the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work and toil, and yet even Solomon in all of his splendor was robed in beauty more than one of these. So if God so clothed the metal of the hay, which is here today and thrown into the fire and burned, won't he provide for you clothing and everything that you may need, even though you live in such little faith? So then forsake all your worries. Why would you say what we shall eat and what we shall drink and what shall we wear? For that is what unbelievers chafed after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things that you need? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness which proceeds from him. And then all these things will be given to you in abundance besides. Wow. There's something that goes on with a person because we live in this fleshly body. And we have a recreated spirit man, which is the real you, your spirit man. Watch this. Your spirit man has been clothed with dirt. Did you know that? You're looking at me kind of funny. Doctors tell us this, right? The body is made up of 75% water, Right? 25% dirt. That's the body, right? What does that make you? A mud pie. I mean, it's very, very simple deduction. I'm just telling you, you're a mud pie. Watch this. God created Adam out of the 
dust of the earth, right? So your spirit man is clothed with dirt. It's very simple. I just don't, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, it's very simple. It's very simple logic. I mean, right? Maybe you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So you're clothed with dirt. You dirty person, you. <laughs> I'm wiping the dirt off your cheek, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. Pastor Marie and Sherry are going to go play in the dirt in my garden after where you... Yeah. No, you were clothed. Your, your body is clothed with dirt. So the real you is your spirit, man. So what we have to do is this. We have to build our spirit man up according to the word of God to be stronger than our fleshly man. And when you build up your spirit man stronger than your fleshly man, there is nothing impossible with you if you just believe. Can you say amen? Amen. All right, if you need an offering envelope, please lift your hand. Or in the back of the chair in front of you, there will be an envelope. And if you need that, you can write your checks out to Life Family Church. Or if you're giving by way of debit card or credit card, please fill out your name, your address, your debit number. Put the CVS number, three digit on the back, so that they can run that through the accounting office. You'll receive a tax receipt at the end of the year. Amen. Are y'all ready to give? If you're ready to give, say yay. If you're not ready to give, say nay. Okay, let's pray then. Praise God. Amen. Father, we thank you for the gift and the giver. And as we plant seed into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, many souls will be one. We thank you for this Easter outreach that's coming, Father. We thank you that there'll be over 400 people that will come onto the property in the surrounding area, Father God. And we'll just preach the gospel, a simple salvation message where people can give their hearts to Christ. And we'll have a wonderful time as a church family. Father, we thank you for the crusade that's coming up in June in the Dominican Republic. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people will come to that meeting. And thousands and thousands of people give their hearts to you. Father, we thank you for this upcoming tent revival. Father, we pray that you bring people from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and the surrounding neighborhoods, and they'll come and hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to give their hearts to you. Father, we thank you right now that as we advance the kingdom of God, we thank you that it will be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So, Father, those that are believing you for pay raises, get pay raises. Those of you that are believing for jobs, get jobs. Those that are believing you for better jobs, get better jobs. Father, we're blessed going in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in our house. And that's just not a Christian cliche. It's biblical truth. And, Lord, we apply it to our lives. Satan, you are bound in the name of Jesus. Get your hands off of people's finances. You are rebuked in Jesus' name, and you are under our feet. And Father, we just love you, and we bless you, and we praise you. We thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives, in Jesus' name. And everybody set. Amen and amen. Ushers, if you'll serve the people. You're the one who calls me on. You are the life. You are the fight that's in my soul. Oh, your resurrection power burns like fire.
Amen, amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. I'm not going to be too long this morning, about four or five hours or so. Praise God, amen. Just kidding. Just kidding. I want to talk to you about our faith brings the victory. Your faith brings the victory. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, King James Version says this, Whatever is born of God overcometh the world. How many are born again? Then you overcome. Amen. Every circumstance, every situation, every trial, every tribulation. Whatever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith is a powerful connection. It causes you to enjoy the benefits of Christ's victory. Faith helps you overcome the things of the world. In fact, the Bible says that your faith overcomes the world. Out of the Passion Translation of the same verse in 1 John 5, 4, it says this, You see, every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is victorious power that triumphs over the world. You see, there's this war that goes on within us. There's the war of our flesh and then the war of our spirit against our flesh. You see, your spirit man, the real you, always wants to move toward God and the things that are right. Right standing with God. But our flesh is actually repelled by the things of God because in this fleshly world, it loves the pleasures of life. Now, pleasure is nothing wrong with pleasure as long as it's put in biblical perspective. Come on now. God is not a, a big God up there, a big daddy up there taking away all your toys and you can't have any fun. No, God would never ask you to give up something without giving you something better in return. Can you say amen? Now we know what Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So part of the rewards, part of the blessings of heaven is seeking God. The Bible says in the book of James, it says, if you want to draw close to God, and if you do draw close to God, he will draw close to you. People don't understand their father in heaven. He's a good daddy. He's a loving daddy. He's a merciful daddy. He's a kind daddy. He is also holy. Listen, he's not up there. Come on now. Every time you make a mistake, slamming you. No, it's the Luke chapter 15 prodigal son syndrome that God has. When we go away from God, hello, somebody. We're sons and daughters of God. When we go away from God, and, and if we go and spend our life in riotous living, go spend our life in the world and do whatever we want to do, and we're away from the Father, when you decide to come to yourself, hello, somebody, and all of a sudden you're like, it was much better when I was living right for God. I'll just get back to God. And when you start moving back to God, he looks out his window and says, yep, there's my son right there. There's my daughter. They were once lost, but now they're found. Kill the fatted calf. Bring out the robe. Put a ring on their finger. That's party! <laughs> Come on, hello, somebody. I thought to myself, wow, that's pretty awesome. Obviously, being in the world and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and all these things in the world is probably punishment enough. Why should you be punished when you come home to be with God? Because that world will, this world will eat you up and spit you out and will use you and abuse you. I mean, I, 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 never, I never understood why people, like on Friday nights, like to go to the discos and the honky-tonks and go drinking and bar hopping and all that kind of... I don't understand that. And then Saturday morning, they end up in God knows where with somebody they don't even know. Hello? Not feeling well. Most of the time, they're by the porcelain throne. Praise God. Amen. Up-chucking. 
Come on now. And then Monday morning when they go into the office, they got bragging rights on how much fun they had on Friday night and Saturday night. I didn't, could never figure that out. And, and they're like, you need to come with us next weekend. It was awesome, man. What was your most favorite part? Oh, waking up where I didn't know where I needed to wake up and finding myself hugging the porcelain throne. It was the most wonderful thing in the whole planet. So there's a war of your... <laughs> I was almost say, can I get a witness? But don't, don't raise your hand. Praise God, don't raise your hand. Because somebody would say, well, that was last Saturday night. Praise God, amen. You know? <laughs> but then you're in the right place this morning. <laughs> you're in the right place this morning. No, that's the, that's, the, that's the war of our flesh. Come on now. Really, the issue is pain. The root of his pain. We're trying, we can't cope with the pain of people hurting us, disappointing us, wounding us. So we got to turn to a substance. We got to turn to pornography. We got to turn to something because of the pain. The root of it's pain. Why is that? When we feel pain, we want to feel better, so we move toward pleasure. But unfortunately, the enemy will give you that. But there'll be destruction behind it. Because we know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So with anything and everything, you have to believe. Faith is simply what you believe. It's not, it's not that difficult. If you want to get into the Greek and the Hebrew, faith is a firm persuasion. It is a confident expectation. It is the title deed of what you believe. Faith is what you believe. And the Word of God will do one or two things for you. It will either strengthen the belief system you already have, or it will form a new belief system in you. It's like people that didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's some people that don't believe that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is for day. It was only just for those on Pentecost and the disciples. But the most amazing thing is when they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, they no longer disbelieve. <laughs> They'll say, this, well, I just don't believe in miracles. Well, you believe in a miracle when you need one. Hello, somebody. I mean, you change your belief system based upon the word of God. Come on. Hello, somebody. So faith is a firm persuasion. It is a confident expectation. It is a title deed that you believe. Faith always trumps and conquers the enemy. Yeah. I don't know you about you, but I've never seen God. I've never seen Jesus. I've never seen angels, and I've never seen demons. The Bible says, blessed is he that believes and has not yet seen. But I've had encounter after encounter with the third person of the Godhead. I mean, like on my flesh. So I know that God exists because I'm born again and I've encountered the third person of the God. You can't take it. You can beat me, kick me, cuss me, spit on me. Hello, hit me. Come on now. Never going to take Jesus from me. Never going to take the Holy Ghost from me. Do Do what you wish. Come on now. For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. Please do me a favor. Come on, hello, somebody. Do me a favor. Anything and everything is by faith. Faith is simply belief. It's what you believe. There are actually levels of faith that you can achieve. When you get born again, you get a level of faith. There are people that have no faith. They don't believe in anything. Come on now. The difference between an atheist and an agnostic. Atheists don't believe there's a God. Agnostics haven't found him yet. That's the difference between an atheist and an agnostic. Atheists, most atheists at one time in their life were in church. And what happened to them? They got hurt and they blamed God. 
Because I've talked to a lot of atheists. But the most amazing thing, why would an atheist try to prevent you and want you to become an atheist too if there's no God? So why they're trying so hard to convince you there is no God? Agnostic doesn't believe in the existence or non-existence of God. In existence or non-existence. They just haven't met him yet. It's agnostics. And then there's Satanists and Buddhists and Hindus and all these other religions. Some people say, well, there's, isn't there more than one way to God? No, there's only one way. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. There's not more than one way. He is the way. Well, I just don't think that's fair. Well, him, God, we, human. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Work that one out. Praise God. Amen. His rules. Come on. His earth. You're his creation. Praise God. <laughs> Come on, hello, somebody. He made it up. He said this is the way it's going to be. Praise God. Amen. Okay, that settles it. Praise God. You ever seen this license plate that says, God is my co-pilot? I'm thinking you better switch places. Praise God. Amen. The way you've been driving lately. There are levels of faith. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11, out of the Passion Translation, it says this. They conquered him, Satan, the world, completely through the blood of the Lamb and the powerful word of Jesus' testimony. They triumphed because they did not love and cling to their own lives, even faced with death. There are levels of faith. The worst kind of faith is no faith. Come on now. And that's kind of the lowest of the lowest faith. In Mark 4.40, it says this, And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? That's a pretty bad place to be in when you have no faith. I wouldn't want to be a person. Listen, no faith means no faith. Now, you have to understand, faith is a very simple principle. It's not complicated. You actually operate in principles of faith every single day, and you don't even know you're operating in principle of faith. You're actually operating at a principle of faith right now. Now, we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, right? We know that's to be true. But also, you also believe that the chair you're sitting in is able to hold your weight. And when you sat down, you didn't even think about it. If I, I say, hey, Brother Mark, you know, I want you to come sit over here. Have a seat, Brother Mark. And he sits down, and suddenly the chair collapses. And I'm saying, I'm so sorry. You fell on the ground. Let me, let me help you up, bro. Praise God. Amen. Let me help you up. Picked up the chair and say, Brother Mark, hey, listen, have a seat. And he sat down, and the chair collapses. I'm so sorry you fell on the ground, Brother Mark. This is a terrible thing to fall down on the ground in church. Praise Let me pick you back up. Pick the chair. And I say, Brother Mark, have a seat. He's going to look at me. I don't have a firm persuasion. I don't have a confident expectation. I really don't believe that's going to. No, Brother Jack, I am not sitting in the chair. He changed his belief system. When you go out on Friday night or Saturday night and you go out to dinner and all that kind of stuff and you, don't, you turn out all the lights before you leave in your home and suddenly you walk into your house and you go over to the wall and you flip a switch, you totally believe without even thinking about it that the lights are going to come on. And if they don't come on, you're taken back for a brief moment. Oh, my God, the, the electric's out. The circuit breaker's been blown. That is a principle of faith. Today, when you go out to your vehicle to crank your car, some of you may have to exercise more faith than others. Praise God. Baby, pop the hood. Pop the hood, baby. Okay. Okay, give us some gas. Okay, I got to take the carburetor thing off. What are you doing, baby? I'm spitting in the carburetor. So why are you doing that? Because Jesus had a spitting ministry. If it worked for him, it'll work for me. Praise God. Amen. Okay, crank it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The preacher crazy? That's right. I told you I lost my mind 33 and a half years ago. 
Come on, hello somebody, amen. We operate in principles of faith all the time. You don't even know it, which is a good thing. Come on now. Now there's a measure of faith. Romans 12, three says this, for I say, though the grace is given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly accordingly as God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, you get a measure of faith. We're all on the same level faith-wise when you get born again. Now, then it's up to us on if we're going to grow our faith. The Bible says that he will take us from glory unto glory unto glory. What does that mean? We should not be the same spiritually as we were last year. We should be more progressively moving forward. Come on now. We should be growing in our faith every single day. So how do you, how do you grow your faith? Well, you've got to spend time in the Word. You've got to spend time in prayer. How about this one? Fasting. These, these are elementary, elementary principles. What does it do for you when you do those things? Your spirit man becomes stronger. And then it trumps your flesh. And then you can hear his voice. And he'll talk to you. Listen, he wants to get to the place where he once was almost 7,000 years ago. What place was that? Walking with you in the garden in the cool of the day. That's what we're progressively moving for it's been provided for 2,000 years ago, but it's us. People say, well, I'm just waiting on God. The, the truth is he's waiting on us. Amen, because he did it. When he said it is finished 2,000 years ago, he meant what he said. It is finished. Amen. So there's a measure of faith. Then there's mustard seed faith. The mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is full grown, birds nest in it. Wow. Listen to this verse. Luke 17, 16, he said, Lord, if you had faith as a grain as a mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamore tree, be thou plucked up and derooted and planted in a say, and it would obey you. I mean, would think that would be a pretty awesome miracle right there. If I walked out here to one of these trees and I said, okay, go Clearwater Ocean, and plucked up and floated through the air and then planted itself over by the ocean. What kind of faith? Mustard seed. You should give yourself some credit. You do have enough faith. Oh, maybe my faith is not. No, it's not. That's a lie from the enemy. Remember talking about take no thought. You do have enough faith. Come on now. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Greater is he that is in you. Come on now. Mustard seed faith. How about this one? Little faith. It's still faith even if it's mustard seed or even if it's still little. It's still faith. Little faith. Matthew 8, 26. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful, O ye little faith? Increase our faith. You can have increased faith. Luke 17, 5. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Increased faith. How about strong faith? Romans 4, 20. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Great faith. What about great faith? Matthew 8, 10. When Jesus heard, he marveled and said, Verily, verily, say to you, I have now found such great faith in all of Israel. So you can have great faith. So how do you build your faith? By applying the word of God. There is a point in time in our lives, my dear brothers and sisters, that you have to work the word. If you don't work the word, the word won't work. But what do you do? You got to work the word. When you work the word, it'll work. Hello. You got to apply the word of God in your relationships. You got to apply the word of God in your workforce. You got to apply the word of God in your business. You got to apply the word of God. Listen, how many of you in here would like to be millionaires? Can I see your hand? 
Praise God. Let me tell you how to do it. Read the book of Proverbs. There's 31 of them. Read the book of Proverbs. It is the money book of the Bible. Proverbs. It's the money book of the Bible. Read Proverbs. And then, and then do it. Say this with me. I am a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. I do the word, not just listen to it. But I listen to it and I do it. Yeah. And when you do that, you will succeed. Come on now, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. If thou shalt meditate therein day and night and observe to do all that is written then, for then I will make thy way successful and thou shalt have good success. Amen. So our perspective of our heavenly father has to change. He's a good daddy. He doesn't want you in pain. He doesn't want you in sorrow. He wants your marriage good. He wants your relationships good. Come on, that's his whole goal. But he just can't do it for you. Why can't he do it for me? Because he already did it. You have to work it. You have to receive it. You have to walk in it. It'd be like this. If I handed you a book, How to Become a Millionaire, and I said to you, listen, this right here will make you a million bucks. Guaranteed. I guarantee. I guarantee you will get a million dollars if you read this book. And you say, oh, thank you, Dr. Jack. I really appreciate it. And then you just take it home and you throw it on your table. And all of a sudden, six months later, I say, hey, hey, did you get a chance to read that book I gave you? Oh, no. No, Pastor, I just haven't got a chance. I've been, I got several other books I'm reading. I just couldn't read that and everything like that. Okay, well, you know, just get to it because I guarantee you that'll make you a million dollars. Really? You think so? Yeah, I really think so. And all of a sudden, six months later, I go, hey, did you get a chance to read that book on how to become a millionaire? Uh, yeah, I just, it's just on the table. You know what I'm saying? I just, I've been wanting to get, get to it, Pastor. And then all of a sudden, you know, two years later, hey, have you got a chance to read that book I gave to you a couple of years ago? Oh, I just, I guarantee it'll make you a million dollars. You, you'll have a million dollars if you just open that book and read it. It'll make you a million dollars. Oh, yeah, okay. Hallelujah. And then five years later, you're in the living room and you pop open the book and come to find out it was hollow and there was a check for a million dollars dated five years ago. Pastor, Pastor, Lord. I'm sorry, that's void. That's voided out. That's all voided. That's all voided out. Oh man, you mean I could have been a millionaire five years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just something about listening to spiritual authority. You were like, Pastor, that's so wrong. That's so wrong. Every problem. You will ever face in this life. The answer is right here in the book. This is the Emmanuel. This is the manual. This is Emmanuel right here. Guys, this will help you put bikes together for your kids. Praise God. Amen. Gentlemen, this will help you get directions to a positive life and great relationships with your wife. Ladies, this will teach you how to submit to your husband in love. Praise God. Right here. It's worth more than a million dollars. As a matter of fact, you apply all this, God will make you rich. Really? I think I read in the Word, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and I'm joint heirs with Jesus Christ, so therefore what is His mine? This ain't Reebok's world. This is my world. 
Right here. You just follow this. Right here. It's the success manual. It'll make you financially wealthy, make you prosperous. I mean, every area of your life in relationships. You know, many, many years ago, we had gotten into heated fellowship. Anybody ever get into heated fellowship with your spouse besides me? Praise God. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> heated fellowship. You know, it's not an argument. It's called heated fellowship. Praise God. Amen. And it's when she came on the road with me when we were really traveling. She came on the road with me. Now, I had Josh and, and John on the road with me, and they would do all the suitcases, and they would do everything. And, all that kind of stuff. and then the boys, of course, they went to school and Bible school and all that kind of stuff, and then she came on the road with me. She did not become my road dog. Praise God. Amen. All right? But you have to understand, because she's an introvert, I'm an extrovert. An introvert doesn't mean you're shy. An introvert means you're refreshed away from people. An extrovert is refreshed around people. Listen, people like me, the high eye personalities, we don't go to parties. We bring the party. <laughs> we bring the party. We bring the party with us. Come on, hello, somebody. We the, listen. The bigger the crowd, the happier we are. Praise God, because all the attention is on me, 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 me. So this is an introvert. Okay, she's got to have. She's got to be. She's got to be refreshed away from people. Okay, like the, like the other day, she told me I came bouncing into the living room. She's like, uh, I need some peace of quiet. Okay, introvert time. See ya. Bye. <laughs> so I grabbed the dog and me and Jesse went in the backyard and played frisbee. Praise God. Amen. Because you know. I was like, what's the matter? She said, you're clomping all over the house. See, that's what the extroverts do. Listen, when we bust into a room, it's literally, we bust into a room. I mean, like the, the entire quiet leaves the room. I mean, it becomes super noisy. And, but we don't recognize that. I mean, we're like, what do you mean? It's noisy in here. I don't hear nothing. Yeah, because you're making all the noise. <laughs> okay, I don't know where I was going with that, but that was really good. Because somebody helped me get back on track. See, that's what happens with an eye personality, too. They be, they're trying to make a point. What, what is it now? Okay, he had a fellowship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back to he had a fellowship. Okay. Okay, but, yeah, road dog. Praise God. Okay, back to the word of God. The answer. That's what I wanted. Okay, that, thank you, Jack. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Praise God. Amen. Okay, okay getting the, the, answer to, <laughs> the answer to every problem, okay? So she's on the road with me, and you, can you imagine with an introvert 12 hours in the car? Twelve hours in a car. Now, when it was me and the boys, we didn't have to make restroom stops every 30 minutes. We could wait two hours. So really, an eight-hour trip turned into 14 hours. I mean, you're... <laughs> I got so many stories I want to share with you. This is amazing. Praise God. <laughs> we, we had... <laughs> when, we first... <laughs> when we first started traveling, Dad had got us a conversion van. But it didn't have any facilities in the van. So there's no facilities in the van. And if you're out in Wyoming, you want to know why they called it Wyoming? Because the truth is wide roaming. Because there's nothing out there except cactuses and sidewinders and tarantulas. It's, I mean, you're like hours before you ever see a human being. Coyotes and buzzards and out there. And if you go to the restroom, you've got to find a cactus. So I'm thinking, I'll fix this. So I bought a porta toilet for the, for, the, for the conversion van. That was a good thing because we could just stay on the road for hours. But the bad thing is when somebody used it. 
Roll the windows down, everybody! <laughs> Who was that? That was a local evangelist sticking his head out the window because of the boy toilet in the van. You get real close with your family. <laughs> so you want to be in the ministry. Okay, praise God. Amen. Okay, so we got into, we were getting, it got to a point where we were heated fellowship every day. Nine months. Nine months. So this one time we came, this one particular year, we were only home four weeks out of the entire year. I nearly killed myself. Pastor Rodney's like, you, you want to live forever, your son? I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, you better slow down. Nearly killed myself. So we got into a heated fellowship, all right? We lived in Chicago. And it was a three-story house that we had. We had an upper floor, middle floor, and a basement that we had redone. So my prayer room was in the basement. So we were on the middle floor, and we got into heated fellowship, and she stormed upstairs to go to the bedroom, and I stormed downstairs to go to the prayer room. So I hit the prayer room, and I crying and all upset and everything like that. And I'm like, God, this woman, this woman you gave. She's upstairs. This man you gave me, God. This man, this man. Lord, you got to give me the answer to this problem. We're just, we're just in heated fellowship all the time. We're fighting all the time. And suddenly, I heard the voice of God. He's like, one, love her. Two, be patient with her. Three, be kind. It's nine months this is going on. And I was like, that sounds like the fruit of the Spirit. Why didn't you tell me nine months ago? He said, I told you 2,000 years ago. You just didn't read it. You see, Proverbs says what's appreciated in a man is his kindness. I was like, oh, you mean if I just be patient, be loving, and be kind, then it'll fix it? Well, duh. <laughs> you see, every answer to every problem is it? What about the finance? How owe fifty thousand dollars in credit card bills? How am I going to get? How's that going to? How's that going to work? Tithe. I can't afford to. Oh, yes, you can. Show me how I can afford to tithe. Okay. Does Uncle Sam take? 20% out of your check every single week or every two weeks? Yes. Did he ask permission? No. Did he just deduct it from your pay? Yes. Did you appreciate it? No. But did that stop him from doing it? No. Okay. So if he's doing that, give to Caesar what is Caesar and give to God what is God's. So if I give to Caesar what is Caesar and then I just take 10% right off the rest, Guess what? I could afford it. Then I have to live on the rest. And because and now I've given God permission to move into my finances because I gave him first what belongs to him. So therefore now he's obligated to move in my finances. So the excuse of I can't afford it is not true. You see, every answer to every problem is found in the word of God. All I've discovered this, you give God what is God's, He'll get involved with the IRS. Can you say amen? amen. All right, let me, let me finish this with this real quick. I think there's a couple more things. How do you know you're in faith? That's a pretty good question, isn't it? Okay, you're talking about faith. How do I know if I'm in faith or not? Okay, it's Romans 15, 13. Go to Romans 15, 13 in your Bible. 
This will tell you how you know you're in faith, that you're believing God. Romans 15, 13. Is this all right? All right. Romans 15, 13. I mean, I think we've solved every marital issue. Praise God. Hey, man, that needs to be fixed. Praise God. Just, you know, be kind, loving, and gentle, and then it will be wonderful. Praise the Lord. Amen. Romans 15, 13. Watch this. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Remember I said faith and belief are the same, right? So how do you know that you're in faith over a situation? You'll have what? Peace and joy. So if you're believing God for a situation that looks like, like impossible, which is actually a good thing because your impossible makes God impossible, you'll have faith and joy over it. The moment your peace goes, the moment your joy goes, is the more now you're in doubt and unbelief. You no longer believe in God. So if you're believing God over a situation that seems to be impossible for you, and if you have joy and peace, and you're walking, not in worry, because worry is actually fear, and God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Come on, hello somebody, amen. So if you're in fear, which is the opposite of faith, so when, you have, when you're in faith, you don't have any fear. Come on now. And you can measure it by your peace and joy. If you have peace and joy over the city, if you have peace and joy, then it's good. I, I, God's got it. God's got it. Well, how do you know? I got peace and joy. The moment your peace goes, the moment your joy goes, the moment you're no longer in faith. Can you say amen? amen. All right. How do you know that your faith is mature? Romans 15, 1 and 2. Now, those who are mature in faith can easily be recognized for they don't please themselves but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. Our goal must be empower others to do right and do good to them and bring them to spiritual maturity. So when others are immature towards you, like the other day I was over at White Sands. We have, I have a special guest that came from White Sands because I, I rapped. I didn't sing country and I didn't sing rap because if I sang country and rap together, that would have been crap. So therefore I didn't do that, but I did rap. And I was, because we handle security over there. So I'm in the foyer, right? And this, one of the patients walks out and says, oh, I have no clothes. And I looked at her. She's got clothes on. Okay, praise God. <laughs> she's got clothes on. And she's complaining and she's murmuring and she's starting to really got to get boisterous and stuff like that. And I said, hey, listen, at least you have some clothes for now. Just be patient. She turned around and said, and she dropped the F-bomb with a U on, on the back side of it. And then, and then some of the ladies behind this went, <gasps> just like that, <gasps> Did you hear what she called you? Oh, you should come with me when we're doing Kinsietta when people are drunk, what they call me. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> that was nothing. I said, that doesn't move me. You can get up in my face and cuss me and call me every name in the book. That's not going to move me. I will just look at you and smile because I'm not the one who has the problem. You are. They are in a bad way. Listen, the next time when somebody cuts you off in traffic and they give you the digit as they're passing you by, just give them the sign of the cross. Got to do, just. <laughs> just give them the sign of the cross. That's what you got to do. They're the one that has the issue. 
knowing that you can get them in a rear vascular restraint. You don't have any problems with that, praise God. They can cuss you. They can, you take them down, take the back, rear neck choke, praise God, choke them out, wake them up. Are you okay? And then lead them to Jesus. That's all you got to do, praise God, amen. That's all you got to do. They get up all in your face and everything like that, and they're boasting. You just take them down. They try to get up. You take the back, put them in a rear naked choke, choke them out. It takes about six seconds. Then you hey, you okay, okay? Well, what happened to you? Why are you on the ground? Here, pray with me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins right now. In Jesus' name, I open the door of my heart. Because <laughs> you could have killed them, praise God, amen. amen. They are either going to get saved one way or another. Listen, if somebody breaks into your house, just pour out your Glock. Hit the ground. Get on the ground. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for, <laughs> that's, that's all you got to do. Please forgive me for breaking into this man's house. I repent right now, forgive me for all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can get up now, we're brothers. Hey, you want something to eat? Praise God, you probably are hungry, aren't you? It works. You can save one way or another. They're going to meet Jesus one way or the other, praise God. Might as well meet Jesus saved. Because if you have to shoot them, praise God, at least they prayed with you before they... <laughs> you did it! You shouldn't have broken. Like in the words of Grady Jug, if somebody comes into your church with a gun, you shoot them and shoot them a lot and then pray for them. Praise God. Amen. Somebody breaks into your house, shoot them. And then shoot them a lot. Plug their holes. You know, plug the holes with whatever they need to be. Plug the holes. And then lead them to the Lord. Praise God. Amen. All right. Come on. Stand to your feet. We'll close with that. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week. And remember, the best is yet to come.